I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, July 17th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak pals, between soaring lost luggage rates and airline baggage fees, it's no wonder 41% of travelers are now opting for carry-ons these days. The only problem, how quickly you run out of room for fun summer outfits and TikTok packing strategies, like putting everything in a little container box and then putting it into your suitcase, those can only get you so far. That's why Japan Airlines has a new clothing rental program, which is taking aim at exactly that. So imagine this, Peak Pals, hopping off an international flight. You're just landed in Tokyo Narita Airport with just a fanny pack and a toothbrush. They give you everything else. Where do we sign up? That sounds like a great deal. You might not be the stylish person in the city, but it would be easier than having to get to the front of the line before you're boarding to make sure that you can get your carry-on in the overhead compartment. Anyways, it's something I'd at least consider, that's for sure. Okay, Peak Pals, besides a new way to travel, we've got three great stories for you today. For our first story, the new nine to five may be here to stay. For our second story, private is the only way to go, at least if you're a CEO and not taking Japan Airlines up on their new program. And for our last story, Canada and Australia are two peas in a pod. For our first story, somewhere Dolly Parton must be celebrating because the nine to five could be history. At least that's what some new data suggests. Here's what the data shows. So research published by Microsoft shows that a growing number of employees are clocking out a bit early before logging back on to get some work done before bed, shaking up the traditional nine to five workday. Microsoft's data points to more workers carving out a window of personal time between 4 and 6 p.m. before getting back to work later in the evening. It's not just remote workers breaking away from the 9 to 5 either. 7% fewer virtual and in-person meetings are being scheduled between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. this year, according to Microsoft's data. And this all matters because even after a return to office might not mean a return to 9 to 5 workday. After years of flexibly scheduled remote work, many employees are reluctant to give up picking their kids up from school or even getting in a midday round of golf. Not that's something that I ever do. But for now, Canada's historically low unemployment rate means even employers who want their staff working at 9 to 5 have little choice but to accommodate demands for flexible scheduling. In one survey, 55% of Canadian workers say flexible work arrangements were the most important thing employers could offer to improve their mental health. But flexible schedules have their downsides, blurring the lines between work and personal life with emails and chat pings arriving at all hours of the day and night. Microsoft found that their Teams users send on average 42% more chat per person after hours. Coordinating everyone's schedules can also be difficult when people set their own hours, forcing some workers to stay online much longer than they would in a traditional 9 to 5. The bottom line is that the 9 to 5 may be gone for good, but it's still TBD whether what replaces it ultimately leaves workers better off. For a second story, companies may be cutting back on employee perks, but top executives have been a notable exception. Here's what's driving the news. Corporate spending on private jets was up for a second year straight in 2022, hitting 41.3 million across S&P 500 companies, the highest level in at least 10 years. And it matters because many of the companies spending big on flying around executives happen to be the same ones that are cutting back on perks offered to rank and file employees, all in the name of saving some money. Meta has eliminated perks and cut health and wellness benefits, but spent $2.3 million on private flights for CEO and jiu-jitsu champion Mark Zuckerberg. Netflix has shut down offices, limited corporate swag to save costs while spending over a million dollars on jets for execs. Remember that open flight attendant role that they had posted with a crazy salary range? But 
Here's the thing. $2 million spent on Jets for Zuck is just a slice of his $27 million compensation. As they say, time is money, and big companies often value their top execs' time highly enough that it's worth it to have a PJ or two just lying around. To zoom out, at the very least, the rise of jet-setting CEOs is tough for optics when the same businesses are laying thousands of their employees and pledging to slash emissions. For our third story, don that old Kangol hat that you haven't pulled out in a decade. Crack open a Faustus and prepare to say good day, mate, because Australian leaders are coming to Canada. See, political and business big shots from down under will be up north. I'm going to continue to do a terrible Australian accent. We'll be up north on Monday to discuss ways to deepen ties and compare economic policy. It's all part of the Australia-Canada Economic Leadership Forum in Toronto. And it's happening because Canada and Australia's economies are super similar, which means they face similar challenges like over-reliance on natural resources, causing underdevelopment in other sectors and underinvestment in innovation. Canada and Australia are leaders in natural resource wealth, but lag behind OECD nations in exporting what the World Bank calls high-tech products. The economists recently theorized that the two countries are so similar that they could even be merged into one named Ozanida. I don't love the name, but we can work on that. Both nations are mostly English-speaking, sparsely populated, and resource-rich homes to commodities giants. And this all matters because as both countries deal with issues like falling GDP per capita and flagging productivity, they're at risk of falling behind in the global economy if they don't change. Perhaps by working together, they'll figure out what change is. And Here's what some commentators are saying. Canada can learn a lot from Australia. One forum speaker told the Globe and Mail, including how they addressed internal trade barriers among states and foreign credential recognition to manage skill shortages. But to zoom out, foreign policy will also be high on the agenda with a focus on the Indo-Pacific region. The topic has become a bit of a sore spot, though, after Canada was left out of the Australia-backed AUKUS security pact this year. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Peak.